0: Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington DC. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yassen, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to Rehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. All right. Welcome back to episode 33 of Move the District. I am your host, Dr. Mike Yassen, And thanks for tuning in. If you have not already, please hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on Apple Music or Spotify or Amazon Music. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. And while you're at it, please drop a five star rating. Uh, I would really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Uh, yes, thank you. So today, our uh, our guest here is Mina Rookby. Uh, she is a NASM certified personal trainer. She's a registered yoga teacher whose focus is on creating a more inclusive and body positive fitness industry. And she's also a Solid Core coach. Mina, thanks for coming on the show tonight.
1: Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you virtually.
0: It is nice to meet you virtually. It's one of those weird things where. Um, it, it's like you know between over the last year the amount of people that I've meeting uh meeting that's not a word uh <laughs> met uh virtually uh is just like is crazy like people like even like uh patients of mine who, I, who I've worked with virtually where um I've never met them in person and and like I've developed this relationship with people through whether it's Instagram or or Zoom or or the podcast here it's like it's taken on a whole new um world I guess pretty much.
1: Yeah. It's very strange. I have a lot of like friends that, I mean, I call them friends because I met them online, but I've never met them in person yet. So one day, hopefully.
0: One day we'll all get together and hang out. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those things. And even like, uh, patients that I work with, uh, in person, like I've never seen their faces. (laughs) yeah that's wild <laughs> you know i've never seen below their eyes pretty much so um so like yeah think about that and you're like wow i've known you for six months and i don't know what your nose looks like <laughs> do you have all your teeth uh, yeah no idea no idea uh so so yeah it's it's been like a weird uh weird way to i guess work with people but still able to effectively get things done yeah. um So let's talk a little bit here about your background and and where you get started, what you do. Uh, Let's start at the beginning.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Okay. So a little bit about me. I was born in Seattle and I lived there for seven years. And then I moved to Dubai, United Arab Emirates, where I lived for around 11 years, Um, did most of my education there. Um, and while I was a competitive swimmer the whole time I was there, um, and that's really how I got into fitness, into movement. That's what that was like. I mean, I started doing like every sport as a kid, but swimming was the one that really stuck for me. Um, so then in high school, I developed an eating disorder. I, you know, went to the doctor and he was like, you have anorexia and, um, I was like, no, I'm fine, whatever. And my mom was like, yeah, you're fine. Um, well, like she was concerned, but like, she was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it at home. Um, so I ended up going to GW um, for my first year semester of college. And I ended up having to withdraw my first semester because of my eating disorder. Um, so I moved back to Seattle with my mom And I went to treatment there for around nine months. And then I moved back here when I was done. And that's when I started. uh, Well, I finished. I went back to GW. And then that's when I started teaching fitness. Um, Part-time, full-time. Started with yoga at Core Power. And then I did Solid Core as well. And now I'm Solid Core. And um, personal training. I'm at Balance Gym. And I also do my own thing on the side.
0: Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, let's go back to. Hold on. You grew up in Dubai, which sounds amazing. Is it as cool as I am picturing it to be, or 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 what?
1: I mean, it's great for vacation. I always say this. Living there was. I really did not enjoy it. And I know like everyone has their own experience. My brother loved it. And like we lived in the same place. Right. Um. I really did not like it. Maybe because I was like bullied in high school. Um. And like a lot of my trauma is from there. And right. so, so this day I like, I refuse to go back no matter who's getting married wow. or like anyone, anything, I'm not going back there. Well,
0: I, I feel um, like, like you said, it's like one of the places like it's cool to like, go on vacation to for, for most people. It's kind of like, the same concept like, growing up in, like, Las Vegas or something like yeah. that, where, like, yeah. you know, you don't want to, like, live, like, where, like, it's a, just, like, a party every day. Yeah, or, it's or very like that superficial. Lifestyle.
1: Very and, superficial.
0: And there's, like, yeah, I say, like, that lifestyle that is, like, very, like, I guess, always on the go, superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that tends to, like, weigh on you and then, like, you... then then things happen. Um, yeah. So I think that makes sense. Um, and so you were still living in Dubai when you first got diagnosed with anorexia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was in Dubai. Um, this was after I quit swimming. Um, yeah.
0: So now you grew up as a swimmer was the plan to swim in college or, or, um, was just more of a, like a kind of for fun kind of thing.
1: No, I was, you know, I was, I started on JV for my high school. Well, I was in middle school and then I wanted to take it more seriously. So I joined this club team and, um, I was really set of like, I'm going to go to the Olympics. I'm, you know, obviously going to swim for college. Um, I was, I'm ethnically Syrian. So, um, I swam on the Syrian national team, um, competed in the FINA world championships. Like all these, I like was, I really planning to go to the Olympics. Um, and then I got injured my uh, I guess it was like junior year of high school um, and I had like tendinitis, tendinitis in my shoulder. Mm. Um, and, you know, even prior to that, I was kind of plateauing and in my swimming career was the first time I actually went to therapy because I was so I mean, swimming is an individual sport. So like I was so in my head. I would, you know, scream and yell and throw tantrums, just like I was doing as a child. Uh Um, And ultimately, at that point, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. It was more like I need to do this in order to get into school. Um, So I ended up quitting.
0: Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I haven't been in a pool since.
0: Oh, my God. Not like a single pool you haven't been in.
1: I, not to like swim laps in,
0: no. Okay, I at liked, least you you've yeah, been in pool yeah. to like hang out and stuff like that, but not yeah. one to like go swim laps in. No, I don't
1: and, even I, re- I don't know if I remember how to swim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, I feel like that's a thing that happens with swimmers. Cause I mean, there's, there's such a dedication to your craft mm-hmm. there, where like you know, it's those early mornings in the pool or late nights in the pool, and you you get abused. You know, it, it's it's yeah. one of the things where it's like swim. Again, 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 again. Mm-hmm. And, and it ends up being one of the things where where I think you see, I mean, from my side of it, you see, you know, so many overuse injuries um, mm-hmm. and, and just like undertrained people who are just like, all right, well, you want to get better? Well, guess what? Swim more. Yeah. And then, um, and, and, I mean, it just facilitates that burnout. And I know for myself, like I got a similar a, a similar kind of story. is like, I went on to play um, college baseball and by the end of my, you know, I grew up playing baseball my whole life. Spring, summer, fall, you know, baseball, baseball, baseball. And then by the time I was done with my senior year of college, you know, it's been ten years now, and I've never had that motivation to go play in another league again. Or, or I mean, I love baseball, and and I'll still mm-hmm. sit there and I'll watch it, you know, all day. But, um, you know, when it comes to like playing it and like, you know, wanting to do something, I'm like, no, I'm I'm okay. I don't I don't, I don't yeah, have that fire to like, you know, want to like pick it back up again, where I know some of my other teammates and friends have definitely been like, oh, like, I'm playing in this league or that league. And I'm like, no, thanks. I'm good.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense.
0: Um, now, what role do you do you think that swimming or, or or quitting swimming? Do you think that played a role in the development of the anorexia or, or was it kind of like a separate thing? You think?
1: No, I mean, I went to the same doctor and I you know, he, his kids used to swim with me. So he knew us well, and he knew like my background. So when I told him I was going to quit swimming, he was like, okay, well, you have to cut your calorie intake in half. Um, and so I took it quite literally. And that's what oh. I did. And it just kept getting worse from there um, with the restriction. So but that's definitely how it started.
0: Wow. Because, yeah, I mean, I know that's I mean, that's the thing I think I think a lot of athletes, I mean, myself included, it's like once you stop competing, like, yeah, like your, your body isn't, you know, burning as many calories as as you, um, you know, used to. And and yeah, there is like, you know, you see people who tend to put on weight. Um, and then, I mean, I think it's one of the things when they say, like, you need to cut your calories in half, then all of a sudden, you're like, all right, well, I need to start eating half a slice of pizza versus a full slice of pizza and like, you know, half a sandwich versus a full sandwich. And like, yeah, next thing you know, you're, you're, you know, in the rabbit hole here and you're like, how the, you know, where the hell did it, like, where, did, where, what happened to me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I did not have a social life in high school because I was so busy swimming. And so I wanted so badly to just, dissociate from my identity as being a swimmer. And so I was like, I'll do whatever it takes to not look like a swimmer to not be associated with being a swimmer anymore. Um, so that's what I did. I started running to help get rid of my swimmer's body. And yeah,
0: I feel like, and I feel like swimming is one of those sports where because of the time commitment, it's also your social life too. Yeah. Where like those are your friends um you know like you hang out with them at practice you you hang with them on the weekends you see them at school and then like yeah and then for you to like you know stop swimming then it's like you know probably you know like it's just kind of like yeah it's just kind of like this culture shock of like all right well now what do I do yeah and so what did you do
1: um (laughs) well you know I thought my grades would get better but they didn't um I spent a lot of time Um, just focusing on like what I was going to eat and when I was going to work out. Um, I try, I mean, I was in a toxic relationship by this point um, with a boyfriend. And so I was trying to kind of pulled into the circle of like the social scene in high school, finally, um, which is ultimately what I wanted, but it didn't end up being what I wanted. Or good for me, and like one of those like
0: teenage movies where like you just want to be a popular girl, and then like you're like you got it, and then you're like shit, this is it.
1: Yeah, this is it. No, literally the
0: script to Mean Girls.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was Regina George. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, and so it started with like people complimenting me um, for losing weight or like looking different or. You know, proud of me for going, staying out late, or proud of me for drinking things like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then over time, I started losing more and more weight, and people were instead like asking me if I was okay or like expressing concern for me, which I also enjoyed. Like, always loved attention. Um, right. So this this was the attention that I needed, um, and it, I was not concerned for myself. So. I let others be concerned for me.
0: <laughs> Convenient, yeah. <laughs> um, when When's the first time you realized that something might be wrong?
1: Oh, I think it took me like a full year, maybe when I ended up in the hospital, honestly. Um, yeah, because I I mean, when I went to the doctor in Dubai, that, I guess that was like by the summer um, and yeah, again, he was like, you know, we'll check back with you in like a few months. And if you haven't gained weight, like we'll think of something to do. Obviously I didn't gain weight. So I went to college and then from there I was left to my own vices. You know, there's my mom wasn't there like checking if I ate um, or there wasn't a doctor to like check my weight every week. So I really slipped through the reins and would pass out. I would, you know, not eat. I was so depressed, which is why I went to the school counselor in the first place. um, Because I was thinking like, I need like medication or something because I haven't met friends and I've been here for like a month or two and everyone else has like, their you know, freshman friends already. And um, so that's when I went to the counselor and she was like, no, you have an eating disorder, um, you need to go get help. And even then I, I was like, almost like laughed at her. Um, and it just, from there it all happened so fast. Like my mom came and we packed up all my things um, and we flew out to Seattle. And then my first doctor's appointment, they put me in the hospital. So wow. that's, I guess, when it really hit me.
0: Wow. And, and so what was, what was the reason, uh, that, you know, proceeded you needing to go to the hospital?
1: Um, my blood pressure was really low. And when it's that low, they, I think they force you to go to the hospital, like to stay in the hospital. And so I couldn't leave until my blood pressure was higher. Um,
0: yeah. And so how many, how many days did you end up spending in the hospital?
1: I was there for 10 days. Um, it was over Thanksgiving. That's what I remember. I remember like crying over a turkey that was served to me on a tray. Um, yeah, it was 10 days. And did and you think
0: you needed to go to the hospital when that happened? Were you like, no, or were you kind of like, whoa whoa, 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 pal, I don't need to go to the hospital.
1: No, I was very confused. Um, and at that point, like I was refeeding and this takes a lot longer than just 10 days, but... I was so malnourished that my brain was just like a fog. Um, So I, you know, you're not allowed to move. Like I had to just sit in a bed all day. And if I wanted to get up, I had to use a wheelchair even to go to the bathroom. Um, And, you know, I had to go to the bathroom with the door open, things like that. Um, And then your meals are served to you. If you don't eat it, then they have to like put a tube up your nose and that's how they force you to eat it. Um, Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, so like in- that's like residential treatment for eating disorders where it's, they have like facilities where you sleep there and they do that to you. Um, but I just so happen to do it at a hospital. Um, and that's so like, cause no treatment program other than residential will take you in unless like you're at a base level of like, she can think fi- she can think for herself or like she's not going to be like passing out anymore um in order to admit you into their programs
0: Gotcha. so you so you were at the hospital which is like i guess a little bit more intense then
1: um i i don't know maybe <laughs> i don't know we didn't like really think of anything else it was just like the first thing cuz i was just you know going to see the doctor mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it was just the fastest thing to do
0: Gotcha. And so you were, so you were in there and you're kind of like, what the hell am I doing here?
1: Yeah. And then people, you know, they had like all these doctors try to come up to me and explain what was going on or like a nutritionist to like explain why I had to eat this food. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. And my, in my brain the whole time I was thinking like, I can't wait to get out of here and do the same thing I was doing before.
0: (laughs) And so were you just like, I can eat more. Like, I just, I just don't want to eat more. I'm just someone who doesn't, who doesn't eat a lot. Like what, what was going through your head, you know, when this was all happening? Cause like, they're telling you like, you're, you're under, you know, uh, nourished, you're not eating enough and and you're like, no, I'm fine.
1: Yeah. So for me, it was all about what started as like an obsession of health, which is like a real thing. It's called orthorexia. Um, it's like a new classified eating disorder when you're like obsessed with health, you don't think there's, you know, anything wrong with what you're doing, because supposedly you're being healthy. Um, So that's how it started for me. And then over time, it got like, you know, I would just not eat anything or just like be so rigid on what I was eating. So when I was in the hospital, or like, whenever I was forced to eat, I was thinking like, this food will kill me or like, I'm going to look different. I'm fat, like things like that. Like mm-hmm. this food is the enemy was the essential. And um, the thing about an eating disorder, it's just like, it's so much more than food. It's just like so loud in your brain. Right. Um, so I remember that really clearly of like, just like all these thoughts in my head and I had nothing to do with them because I had to just sit there all day.
0: Right, right, right. Did you, um, and then you were there for how many days?
1: In the hospital? Weeks.
0: Yeah, or weeks, or, or how long was, it te- was ten, this time?
1: Uh, 10 days.
0: 10 days, gosh. Gotcha. And then yeah. what was the criteria for you being able to get discharged?
1: Um, my blood pressure had to be, I forget the number, but it had to be over a specific number, and it took 10 days to get there. Um, so that was the only real criteria. So again, they're not like therapy, therapies? I don't want to make it a verb, but they're not like doing therapy. on me or anything they're just like trying to get me to a healthy like baseline health um for me to be to be able to like just like essentially stand up and walk without falling
0: so you so you get discharged from the hospital and are you thinking like all right like i'm fine whatever or or were you like all right like now i need to like get some more help
1: no i was still like no i'm good um definitely in denial of what was going on because when they discharge you from the hospital, they force, they forced me at least because I was, um, was that? Yeah, no, I guess I'm, I mean, I was not an adult, so I didn't really have the choice. They like force you to sign up for a treatment program so that they can, um, like send all your medical history there. And so that you have Mm. a plan going forward of, what you're going to do with yourself. So I had to, well, my mom did like find me a treatment center and, um, you know, I had to start that immediately after. Um, and this whole time, again, I was like, like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what this is. I'm confused. I'm fine. Um, and I was just like, really, really sad. Honestly, like my eating disorder was like my companion and these people were trying to take it away from me.
0: Right. Right. And, and so then was it like a, an inpatient program you did or was it outpatient?
1: Yeah. So I started at one, the first one was like really robotic and um, it's like what you think about in movies, I guess, where there's eating disorder treatment. Like you sit down, there's a tray in front of you of food and you have to eat it in 30 minutes. You're not allowed to wear like a hat. You're not allowed to like have your hands anywhere other than on the table. You can't have clothes with pockets in them, things like that. Um, and then if you don't eat the food, then you have to drink this, like, milkshake of the calories that were in the food. Oh, boy. Um. Yeah. And so it was, like, a lot of drama with the girls. And there's boys there, too. Um, but we did, like, group therapy. And the most, like, rememberable thing about this place was that it was, like, in a like a, the shape of a – a rectangular rectangle I guess um so like there's rooms on all sides of the rectangle and there's like this hallway and so all of us would like we're on we're just like all obsessed with food and body at this point so we would all just like do laps around (laughs) the the rectangle (laughs) so after we eat and we get in so much trouble um but my I really didn't get along with my therapist um she was Mm -hmm. like if you don't eat you're gonna die and that approach didn't really work for me that's
0: yeah <laughs> sounds about right
1: yeah um so i ended up going that i think i spent like a month or two there maybe a month um and then i left i got a place at a different center which is um a holistic place it's called opal food and body wisdom it's in seattle it's just a little plug yeah um and there is where, I mean, obviously when I started, I was very confused and still didn't know what was going on. Um, but that's where I really found my recovery.
0: Uh huh. And, yeah. and what do you think about that facility was it meshed well, so well with you. So
1: again, it's very holistic. Like you are plating all your meals, um, to practice portioning. Um, You meet, you have your own team. I mean, we did at the other place, but it just felt like a lot more, like you had a lot more freedom. There was even like a personal trainer there that met with you to like see how you wanted to move. We would go to like boxing classes or like dance classes. There was art therapy. Um, We had had yoga classes. Um, It just felt like, and it was only woman. Um, We had group therapy, obviously. Um, but it just felt like this was a place that could foster my growth. I mean, again, I wasn't thinking about this in the moment, but, um, yeah, it just, I don't know. There's this like warm, fuzzy feeling about it.
0: All right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think an important, uh, thing to have where, you know, you have that like warm, fuzzy feeling with, um, you know, your, whether it's your therapist, your group of people. And I think that ultimately what, you know, creates the the buy-in right to be like all Mm -hmm. right like maybe this isn't so bad maybe i can maybe i can give this a try and uh and and you know see how it goes yeah that's fair yeah um and then at what point did you realize like uh, like uh, what what was the thing where like it kind of like all clicked for you and you're like it it, you know allowed you to start making progress you know through all this where you're kind of like all right i need to do this i need to do that like what what was that like buy-in that you're, uh, thing for you?
1: Um, it took a really long time. Um, and, uh, again, I really struggled with, um, not attaching myself to my eating disorder anymore. And it took a long time to detach from it. And then even when you detach from it, it's like, okay, but like, why do I want to recover? Like, what's the point? Um, so there was a lot of those questions in therapy. Um, but I guess I was just like, fed up of not living my life, like fully. Um, I was seeing like, all these all of my other friends, like in school and, you know, working or all these different things. And I was like, I'm here, you know, working on myself, which is great. But I'm also just like, obsessed with food still and body. So like, what can I do to get myself there? So I ended up getting the eating disorder tattoo. And once I did that, I was like, Okay, if I get this on my body, that means I have to recover, I have to commit to it to it. it." And it (laughs) sounds so stupid. But like, that's really what got me to want to recover and now that it was permanently on my body, right? Um, yeah, that was really the only thing that motivated me. I that was how little motivation I had.
0: <laughs> no, I think I think I mean I think that's great though because it's kind of something you can kind of see every day where it kind of just reminds you like, hey, like this is this is what you're dealing with, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you get out and then you kind of start going back to life. And how was that transition back to, you know, like regular life?
1: Um, So they set me up with a team here in D.C. of like therapist, nutritionist, doctor. Um, So I was set with that. Um, It was Seattle really started to feel like home for me. So it was sad to make that transition. And it was also, like, scary to go back to GW, like, back to where, you know, the cafeteria or, like, the dorm of, like, where I struggled the most. Mm-hmm. So that was challenging. And also, like, not knowing. I mean, I had one friend, but um, they were all now a year ahead of me. So just, like, that fear of, like, am I going to fit in or whatever it was. Right. Um, so it was difficult. But that's, like, how I really found this community and fitness, which I fell into through, I mean, I started at core power. So um, just exploring how my body wanted to move. And that was definitely by doing yoga, which again, I found in treatment. Um, and so like finding people with similar values and a group of com- like a community that was very inclusive, like that one right. is what kept me sane and kept me on track really.
0: Nice. And then, I mean, I, I, and then, at what point did you think, "Hey, let's make a career out of of this"? You know, you start doing core power, you start, you know, um, doing yoga, um, you know, some other stuff too. At what point were you like, "Hey, like, this might be something worth exploring"?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I took my first core power class, and then a week later, I signed up for teacher training. So it didn't <laughs> really take me that long, um, because someone was like, "You'll be a great instructor. You should do it." And I was like, "Okay," but now just like they're just trying to sell you the thing. Um, But but yeah, glad you did it. Um, No, but I knew that um, once I finished treatment there, I felt like, okay, what I need to do with my life is help people (laughs) who have gone through similar things as me. Right. And um, it just so happened that it was fitness to start with. um, And it still is. um, Because there's such a great capacity for healing in the fitness industry as well
0: absolutely all right so so you started with core power um and 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 i know there's a bit of a process onboarding process was it kind of like full-time um like fitness from from the from the get-go or were you working somewhere else um how did you get started with that
1: no i was i mean i was full-time i was still in school so um I guess technically it was part time, but I was teaching like 15 classes a week. um, And I did um, core power has like sculpt, which is yoga with weights. And then just like regular, Um, I was doing the regular vinyasa classes, um, hot yoga. And yeah, I think that it's really, I mean, met so many people and a lot of them, one of them was someone who also worked at solid core. And so she was the one who really like made the connection for me to start even working out there, but then to eventually start training or to become a coach there.
0: Right. And then, and I know you do like personal training stuff too. Um, at what point were you like, I want to do more than like the group fitness and I want to, you know, break it down to like a more individual uh level of things?
1: Yeah, it was definitely like a long dream of mine to be a personal trainer, especially like what I saw from when I was in treatment. I was like, oh, I want to do this too. Um, and so I I think I did it a year ago, but I was just like, I want to be challenged in a greater capacity. And like when you do group fitness a lot, it's like kind of, I mean, it's challenging, but in a different way, it's more like the energy for me, which is challenging as an introvert. It's just like hard for me to like put on this show for other people. But personal training is like a different challenge with like all the knowledge um, that you learn and then implementing that into actually training someone. Um, so that's what I wanted to do and what I'm doing now.
0: What, um, which do you prefer? (laughs)
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can choose maybe group fitness still a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I think you are right where it's like kind of like you are like a performer almost, you know, we have yeah. to bring the energy and the excitement and the passion and like mm-hmm. get people motivated, which is always like fun. And I mean, the, you know, especially when you're feeding off of like, I don't know, you know, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20 people in a class, you know, that's like a, a powerful thing um, where yeah. like with one person, you know, if that one person is, you know, low energy, maybe they, they they're a little tired, you know, today it's like, you know, you got to like bring it, like, uh, you know, even more. And that's, that's challenging, you know, like, you yeah. know, to, to get that one person. And yet at the same time, you have to have like that technical prowess as well. Um, so I think that makes, um, it makes a lot of sense. Um, now, you know, on your website, you talk about mindful movement. And I, I, I love that phrase. Uh, talk a little bit more about, about that.
1: Um, so it's something I learned in treatment. Again, all my knowledge comes from there. Uh, but it's essentially... Like, we're all born um, mindful or intuitive movers, which is, like, you know, as a kid, no one's, like, forcing you to go, like, play. You're just, like, playing when you want to. Um, So it's the same idea of, like, we should be moving in ways that bring us joy and in ways that feel good in our bodies, which is so different from the messages we hear, especially in the fitness world of, like, you know, like, all this rigid stuff of, working out every single day or you know no days off mentality things like that so it's just a way to reconnect and um I always ask like how does a how does your body feel and how does your body or like yeah how does your body want to move today which is always different day to day um especially in a world where like we plan everything out, like today I'm going to do this and today I'm going to, tomorrow I'm going to run and tomorrow I'm going to take this class. Like having the flexibility of being like, maybe I don't want to do that today and like change it for another day or like not do it at all right. is something that we should all embrace a little bit
0: more. I love that. Cause I think that's something that we, we try to teach at big league is the idea that like you should be listening to your body. And, yeah. and you know, whether or, you know, and, and I think that works in a couple different ways where it's like, you know, can you go, you know, maybe you're supposed to run five miles that day. Do you feel like you're running five miles today? You know, like, mm-hmm. like, do you, you know, do you feel like it? Does your body feel like it? Um, and like, you know, I think those are two separate, you know, things. And then also like, listen to your body, like when you are saying that I'm mean, always just I'm just using run as a general example here. But like, maybe two miles in your knee starts to bother you. And you can kind of like, detect whether that's something you can run through or whether you just have, or you have to shut it down. Cause like one thing we, we, we call ourselves movement optimists where, uh, you know, we want to encourage people to move. And, and, and that includes moving through pain and, and not necessarily to the point where you're like in agony, but it's, you know, to the point where you um, you know, you know, like it's a little bit of pain, but it's something that isn't necessarily going to be a harmful thing down the road. Um, and so like, you know, having that, like, you know, having people understand like, all right, like a little bit of discomfort here is okay, you know, but you know, we're not actually doing anything structurally to the, you know, that body part. Um, I think, you know, being able to like, you know, differentiate between that and and be like, just to be mindful about it um, can ultimately, you know, be a uh, powerful thing for people as they're like getting onto their fitness regimens.
1: Yeah, totally. And um, that was easy. I mean, easier to talk through when I was teaching yoga because it's very slow and obviously, um, it's more of a spiritual practice. So it's easy to like have to cue someone or not cue, but like the things you say to help someone really inhabit their body. Um, that was definitely harder when I moved to solid core, which is like, you know, I'm talking the whole 50 minutes, um, I'm telling people like where on the machine they're going to be, the name of the exercise, how many seconds they're doing it for, and like trying to keep them safe at the same time. So it took me a really long, like up until I would say this year, and when I say that I mean 2020, um, to figure out like how to make p- people feel that they can be mindful in what they're doing, no matter if like I'm telling you what to do, you can still there's no breaks implemented in the class, but like, you can still take a break. I'm never going to tell you not to. Right. Um, and if you have injuries, then put a tell me, but be like address them in class. If something doesn't feel right in your body. Um, so that's something I always try to say in class too. I
0: think that's, I think that's important. Cause I think with group fitness, there tends to be that tendency for people to, um, you know, want to like keep up with the instructor, keep up with their friends, the other people in class, especially if you're new to the class. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw some study done where it's like majority of the people who got injured in group fitness, it tended to be like one of their first like five classes or something like that, where they're like trying to like keep up with people. And, you know, it, it's, it's okay to take breaks, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's okay not to come every day. And uh, And I think those are things that more people need to hear instead of like just getting on that hamster wheel of, of fitness and just wanting to just go, 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 go all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, one thing, one thing I, I liked on your, um, on your Instagram, you had a great Instagram, by the way, Thank like you. full of like little nuggets of like uh, of wisdom. Um, one thing you had a post where you mentioned, you said healing is, a, is continuous work and you said recovery is, is, is messy. Um, you know, I I, 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 you know, I think that kind of translates to, to where you are today. Right. Where it's kind of one of those things where you're never really done, you know, dealing with the issues you've dealt with. Um, How do you, you know, implement those things into, you know, your life now?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, life is not linear. And um, especially 2020, it took a lot of ups and downs to realize that and to also like, understand my recovery in a different way like when we're so like like you said like the hamster wheel and we're so used to doing things month by month week by week whatever it is it becomes like almost like there's nothing else but then 2020 happened and it really like helped me readjust and you know see what in my life needs more and what can be less um so you know I just try to take it day by day I'm not good at that but (laughs) um I guess like I when I graduated GW I thought like I'm never going back to school like I did not do well not gonna lie
0: um
1: (laughs) I did not enjoy it um I studied psychology and you know there I took an eating disorder class and that was really the only class that interested me um so I was like okay like it was kind of like when I quit swimming it was like let like I'm done. I'm trying to get as far away from that as possible, and that's like why um, I threw myself so hard into fitness. And it's been great. I love it. And there's so much that I've learned and so many people I've met through it. But I also know that I have, and this is what I learned from 2020 because that's when I graduated. Um, is that I have so much more potential, um, and that I should go back to school. <laughs> um, So I started applying to grad schools and here we are. So I guess I learned that like, yes, life isn't linear, but like you can pave a way for yourself, no matter how up and down and backwards shit gets, like you can find your own way. And for some reason, it took me a pandemic to figure out that I should go back to school.
0: So what do you want to, what are you trying to go back to school for now?
1: Um, I'm trying to go for mental health counseling.
0: Awesome. 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 Yeah. Uh and, and so is like the kind of the the goal to end up working with with people who have eating disorders?
1: Yeah, I want to work in like one of the facilities that I went to, not like them specifically, but something like that.
0: Right. Um now how much um, you know, with your with your own clients now, how much do you talk about nutrition? Is that something that you 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 broach with them or is that kind of something you you stay away from?
1: Um, so I don't, you know, even like people in group fitness ask about nutrition. I'm like, you know, I'm not a nutritionist, so um, I can't tell you what to eat is something that I believe in. I am starting this course actually tomorrow to become an intuitive eating counselor. Um, so hopefully, from that, I will be able to again, I'm not going to like prescribe anyone a diet, but it's to essentially help people. Um, heal the relationship with food and body. Um, yeah.
0: Nice. Uh, what, what are some of the, the things you, you know, think about when you're thinking about your own diet today in terms of like planning out meals and, and, you know, as you're, you know, continuing on this, this journey of life.
1: So I have, I give, I give myself full permission to eat whatever I want. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, i someone who came from so many different rules and restrictions that took a lot of time to learn. Um, so now I have that. And I, again, practice intuitive eating, which is just like mindful movement of like just eating when you're, bo- it's about trusting your body and listening to your body as well. So understanding your hunger and fullness cues, um, listening to cravings as well. Um, I just always try, especially with teaching so much, I always try to like have food or like be able to get food somehow to have the energy and to just like fuel my body, um, which is always important for me because don't like to be hungry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, when it comes to those cravings, is it, is it okay to give into those cravings?
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent.
0: What's your number one craving?
1: Oh, it's hard. I love sugar, so okay. chocolate, um, milk bar, truffles, the cake balls. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. I mean, they change season by season. It's been a <laughs> lot of like steak recently.
0: Steak, um, nice. Yeah. So. Okay.
1: What's
0: what's like a typical day of eating look like for you?
1: Um. So I wake up. I usually have like eggs and like pash browns for breakfast, or if I have bacon that too. I love breakfast, big breakfast person. Mainly breakfast. because it's it's like the only meal I know how to cook, so <laughs> that's why. Um, I usually will have a snack um, before lunch, um, and I that's usually time when I work out, like between morning to lunchtime or at like, like at noon. Um, so just depending on that. And then for lunch, usually like pasta or sweet green or a sandwich. And then I'll have a snack between lunch and dinner. So like popcorn is always my go-to with like M&Ms or chocolate in it, Mm -hmm. um, or chips. And then for dinner, um, I make a menu every week. So it's usually different, but
0: you make a I, menu. What do you, what do you mean by that?
1: So I make like, what are we going to eat this week? And okay. so what sounds good to me. And so every day is a little bit different. Every week is a little bit different just for some spice. Okay. Um, yeah. And I usually try to eat dessert after that too.
0: Nice. So yeah. How many do, do you subscribe to counting cat calories?
1: No, I don't believe in counting calories.
0: Okay, why not?
1: Um, I think that especially with someone who hasn't had an eating disorder, it's not healthy for me. And I don't think that it's necessary in general for other people to count calories because it's like, like, why do you need to know like your body will tell you? when it's had enough and when it hasn't had enough. So why are we relying on numbers on the back of a package or numbers on, on anything?
0: Right. I, I think it's funny. Cause I think if you talk to a lot of fitness professionals, they'll talk about, Oh, you need to be in a calorie deficit, calorie deficit. Um, but I think the more the diet people I talk to in the nutrition side of things, you know, whether they're nutritionists, dietitians, um, people like yourself who, who have a lot of experience, it, it comes down to like, yeah, like, it's not just about calories um there is a lot more to it in terms of like they said like listening to your body and understanding what goes yeah. into it um and like you know for some people yeah counting calories may work um but you know i think i think it's not the end all be all that i think we've uh you know placed an importance upon uh you know i think in recent years yeah um, now I know you said you were, um, Syrian, you had any, uh, Syrian food in that diet?
1: Oh, I let my mom cook for me in that capacity because I cannot, <laughs> I'm just like, either I'm like lazy or I just don't like doing dishes. So also lazy, but cooking is not my strong suit yet. That's yes. maybe my goal of 2021
0: <laughs> is learn how to uh, cook Syrian food.
1: Yeah. Or my mom is Persian, like half Persian. So she just bought me this like big Persian cookbook. So hopefully to go through that too.
0: you have a, uh, a go-to place in, uh, in DC here to get your fix?
1: Um, there's for Persian food, it's Rumi's kitchen that just opened. It's on, it's in like Mount Vernon, um, area. It's very good. Um, shout out Rumi's kitchen yeah um for like arabic food it's hard there's not really like a good one um there's albi which is good and navy yard i believe oh yeah that pretty. just opened up down yeah. Here, yeah yeah it's actually really good it's more like modern but mm-hmm. um for like just like fast casual i would i really like falafel ink they're falafels oh yeah
0: I like falafel ink. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And it's only like three dollars. It's a steal. Yeah,
1: and their fries are really good too.
0: Yeah, I think they do. do they do like the zaatar fries, right? Yeah.
1: They're yeah. Really
0: good. Oh, I love me some zaatar. I know. <laughs> um, and and one thing, you know, kind of moving past our uh, our talk about uh, <laughs> of, of food here, uh, wh- another one of your posts on Instagram was about uh, gym intimidation, and I I thought that was a pretty like important thing for a lot of people where, you know, you go into a gym, especially like a, I mean, group fitness, you see it global gyms, you see it. And, you know, you're in there with with people who are you know, super fit, they're either, you know, they're lifting a million pounds, or they're, you know, run super fast. And you're like, well, I can't do any of that. So, um, you know, I guess I just shouldn't go, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I like, talk, talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, so like, um, I'm personal trainer. And like, I just, this, when I became a personal trainer was the first time I ever went to a gym. Um, So I obviously had to like learn the equipment before I could train people. Um, But I also had to like learn how it felt in my body too, because I'm, you know, never done a back squat before. Um, So, and I always say like, in the fitness industry especially like i don't need to look no one does needs to look a certain way in order to be good at their job so just because like i a don't have a six-pack um or like ripped whatever or b just because i don't know how to do something or do it yet or b c don't know or can't yet lift like the heaviest thing doesn't mean that yeah not yet um, doesn't mean that i'm a Bad instructor. It I, like I'm still knowledgeable and I can teach you how to do those things and I can support you through it. But I don't have to be able to do it, or I don't need to be able to. I don't need to look a certain way or fit a certain mold to be able to teach you. And that's something I really promote because there's so many people in the fitness industry that look the same, and I'm sick of it. It's annoying.
0: Right, right. I I, I know what you mean. I know because before I was a, a physical therapist, I was a strength conditioning coach um, in, in the New York Yankees organization. And, you know, I was a young guy at the time, I was 175, 170 pounds. And, you know, these professional athletes are all, you know, 200, you know, 220 pounds. And they're listening to me, tell them about, you know, working out and they're like, well, why should I listen to you? Look at you. And I'm like, that's not the point asshole. (laughs) Right. And and so, you know, that's definitely something I, uh, you know, and I was told by someone, I told someone that I was going back to physical therapy school. And they're like, that makes sense. You have the body of a physical therapist. I was like, Fuck You're "Like what? What does that Exactly, right. So I was like, "All right." Um, and there is like, you know, like I know, like in the strength and conditioning world, there is like a little bit of a, a stereotype of like the you, you'll see them, you know, the the crazy strength coaches on the sidelines at football games who get like sticks broken over their backs and are like head butting people in helmets and things like that, and they're like. Huh. It doesn't need to be that way, yeah. um, you know. We can be a little bit more calm and, and educated, and 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 kind of refined, I guess. I don't know, you know, and not yeah. just like lunatics who are just screaming their heads off about putting up yeah. more weight. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that post. Uh, all right, so we're getting down towards the end of it here, and I want to delve into a couple more personal uh, things for you. Uh, what's the uh, what's the uh, last TV show you watched? Last. What are you oh, right I- now?
1: um the wilds on amazon prime wild so good yeah okay um i used to watch lost in middle school i don't know if you watched it but i did i did yeah. i watched
0: i'm kind of a weirdo because i watched all of lost until the last season oh i'm a weirdo i told you i like binged <laughs> um, all like the seasons and then it came to like i got i got caught up to last season in time for it and then i just kind of like stopped watching it i don't know why i, I didn't know
1: that. <laughs> um but this is like like Lost, it's just like a modern version with only girls, so it's very, very good.
0: Okay, Amazon Prime. I'm gonna have to give that yeah. a twirl. What uh, what are you reading these days?
1: Um, not very good at reading. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, what's what's uh,
0: one? What about podcasts? Listen to any podcasts?
1: Oh, I podcast. Obviously, this one move the district. obviously. Thank you. Obviously. Move the district. Hello. <laughs> um, I love. I like Goop. depends on who it is who's talking i do like super soul oprah and i like you up pod um it's about dating and relationships
0: gotcha gotcha nice um now you've lived in dc here for five years you said right yeah so um what's like one thing you would recommend someone some experience they have to have in dc here like which one thing someone has to experience here in dc oh
1: that's a good question
0: you can't say like uh, oh go to the mall or something you know, <laughs> corny like that
1: <laughs> that's what i was gonna say
0: no no um no. it's gotta be like legit we're talking about like dc not like the whole like washington side they're talking about the dc side of things here
1: okay and not during a pandemic
0: <laughs> it could be during a pandemic but just something people should experience here in dc
1: You should experience
0: could be like a restaurant could be like a concert could be like, you know,
1: I think they should experience like the whole U street vibe on like a Saturday night.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. I'll never forget when I, um, when I first moved here to DC, I was, I was living in Roslyn at the time, but I was meeting up with, um, a coworker. Uh, so like 14th and U, and I remember getting in my lift and uh the Lyft driver was like oh we're going to U Street I was like I was like yeah you are going to U Street and he's like oh man it's like the Vegas Strip baby and I'm like I'm like I, I don't know buddy uh but okay and I had like just gotten back from Vegas like a month prior and I was like okay we'll see <laughs> and I remember like getting on to U Street and he like rolled down the windows and started blasting uh go-go music and and I was like I was like, "What is happening right now?" And uh, he ended up the the guy took us to like the wrong address twice. I don't even know how that happened. Uh, and and then before we finally got to our actual destination, but that was my first introduction to it, where it was like, "Oh, this is like the Vegas Strip." And I was like, "All right," uh, but no, there is definitely like a like a fun energy on like a Friday or Saturday night in uh, in DC on on U Street. because I mean there is so much going on there. I'm a big yeah. uh, Ben's Chili Bowl fan. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, I don't need to be drunk to eat there. I can I can no. probably I can probably eat there several days, uh, several times a day um if need be. Um but I think that was a good one. And then the last one I got for you, what's the best thing that's happened to you in the last week? Wow. Aha, make thank you. Think here. <laughs> yeah.
1: A little gratitude. What happened last week? It became twenty twenty one, right? That was a week ago.
0: The calendar flipped over. Yeah. (laughs) The
1: calendar flip. Um, but maybe another one. I don't know. I can't think of one. (laughs) That's it. All
0: right. That's fair. The calendar flipped over to 2021. I think that's a pretty, a pretty good thing. Uh, fresh slate, right? We, uh, we we survived 2020. We made it. Yeah. This is the, uh, the first episode I recorded here in uh, 2021. So yeah, I think we-
1: Ooh, awesome.
0: Exactly. So we're, we're moving on to uh, bigger, better things here in uh, the year 2021. Yeah. All right. So Mina, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, if people want to find you, connect with you, where can they find you?
1: All right. My Instagram is mindfully underscore Mina and my website is www.mindfullymina.com.
0: Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thank you again, Mina, Thank and I'm you so sure much. we'll be talking soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to rehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, D.C.